Uh, TJ, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Memphis and just persecution and and, uh, not on this show, but later on Fearless. We're going to actually talk to Royce White about Steve Bannon and Steve Bannon's latest arrest uh, in New York. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Steve Steve Bannon is being persecuted. And and he's being persecuted in my belief because of his faith Mm. and and because, again, obviously his relationship to Donald Trump and and all that. But mostly Steve Bannon has a biblical worldview. And uh, not saying that's not like everything about Trump was perfect because, again, I keep going back. None of us are perfect. But believers are going to be persecuted. We have to have the courage to tolerate that affliction. That's why I go back to Vody Bakum and what he was talking about, Joseph. We have to stand strong. to the show uh tj i was bringing up royce white because he's going to be on fearless tonight i'm doing a bit of a tease on our show tonight royce white connected to steve bannon being mentored by steve bannon royce uh the former nba player that is a regular contributor on our show one of the brightest guys on our show i say the deepest guy perhaps on our show He's very connected to Steve Bannon, so we'll have an interesting discussion and get Royce's take on what's going on with the persecution of Steve Bannon tonight on Fearless. That'll be on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock at 6 p.m. tonight. Today, in this final hour of the show, we're going to continue the discussion about Memphis, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about BYU and the accusations that their student body and their at the campus atmosphere is unsafe for black kids and so south carolina women team is not going to play there i'm going to get into that and more in the final hour of the glenn beck radio program all right welcome back jason whitlock sitting in for glenn beck uh, the phone number to call is 1-888-727-2325 uh, I want to invite you in to our conversation about Memphis and what's going on there and my argument that we have to be willing as believers, as Christians, to criticize a culture that is clearly demonic and satanic, the whole destruction of family, the whole normalization of blowing up the nuclear family. You don't need mom and dad. Uh, all you need is is one strong woman or two strong women or two strong men or foster care or grandmama care or auntie or uncle care. 
that it's going to work out perfect. There is no society in the history of the planet, no successful society in the history of the planet that doesn't start with God's design of man, woman, and child. That's the blueprint, and that's a culture that anybody can embrace and we can invite anybody into, and we need to remove color from the conversation and talk about a culture that we want to invite people into that will lead to their success, that will lead to them having a purpose-driven life, that will lead to them being a fairer, better person that produces kids who aren't confused about who they are and what their purpose is on in this lifetime on this planet. But we've allowed the left to color code culture and we've allowed the left to demonize Judeo-Christian culture. We've allowed them to paint that as racist and it's not. And, and again, the left has seduced black people into adopting a culture that's demonic and leads to their destruction. And we keep looking at the evidence in all of these major urban areas and cities across America, kids in total chaos, kids totally ob ob objecting to any kind of authority, whether it be law enforcement or parental school teacher, school principal, any type of authority they're rejecting and they're rejecting it because the authority figures that God designed them to obey initially mama and daddy that has been disrupted. And we're painting this as some type of success story that, and this is, I'm going to get real specific and talk about what's going on with black people. But again, this whole, oh, the black woman is the backbone of black America. It's the weakest backbone in America. If that's the case, just look at the results. <laughs> kids running wild. Kids out here live streaming murder. And again, I'm not saying it's all of these kids, but. Again, we can't even have the discussion about what's going on with black boys in America and how they keep falling farther and farther and farther behind. And we keep oh, it's white people, it's racist white people, but it's conservative white people. It's the culture that we have adopted and or been assigned by the left. You this is I'm a sports person. My background is sports. I played college football. I, my, my career initially was covering sports. Think of whoever the worst coach is in NFL history. Rich Cotite, I, I don't know whoever. But someone that comes in with a horrendous game plan. And you follow that horrendous game plan for 60 straight years. And you never win a game. You never win again. You may have some individuals who have, oh, he ran for 150 yards, but his team got slaughtered by 50 points. So you may have some individual success stories, 
Oh, I didn't have a mama or a daddy or my daddy ran out on me and this person had success and blah, blah, blah. And my parents were never together. And I this individual had success. But when you go look at the scoreboard overall of what's going on with kids growing up in homes where 70 to 75 percent of them are born into single parent homes, the scoreboard is crystal clear. It's a losing game plan. And for 60 years, we've been following that demonic game plan that de-emphasizes the man, de-emphasizes family, de-emphasizes godly order. The results are all in. And it's time to change game plans and fire the head coach. And they won't do it or we're not helping enough for people to do it by saying, look, man, we have a game plan that works. It's a 2,000-year-old game plan. It's called the Bible. It works. The founding fathers of this country set up this system in America specifically for this biblical game plan. And the people, not every person, but the people in mass numbers who follow that game plan, regardless of color, and this is factual information, regardless of color, if you follow this game plan, the results speak for themselves. I mean, it's amazing. Black, white, Asian, Latino, you follow that biblical game plan in America. You follow it anywhere on the planet. But if, particularly if you follow it here in America in a system that was designed for that game plan. This was like having Jim Brown in your backfield. God blesses you with Jim Brown. And then it says, now here's a game plan right here that will exploit Jim Brown as a running back. And, and you'll win championships. But the left comes in and says, yeah, I know you got Jim Brown. Jesus Christ. I know you got him, but I got this satanic game plan that I want you to follow. I want you to follow OJ's game plan. Yeah, I know you got Jim Brown, but follow OJ. And OJ not because OJ was a great running back, but you get my point. <laughs> I want you to, you know, make Whitlock your running back. That's basically what the left's game plan is. Put Jim Brown on the bench. Don't play Jesus Christ at running back. Play Whitlock. He's damn near 300 pounds, uh, runs a six flat 40, 55 years old. Uh, a strong gust of wind hits him and he loses his balance. Play him at running back. <laughs> and then when it doesn't work, blame white people. Now, you had Jim Brown on your team, Jesus, and the gospel, and the Bible, and the entire game. Here's, here's the instructions. This is all you need to do. Is all the wisdoms right here. It's 2,000 years of collected wisdom. Follow this, and you'll have success. Now I'm going to do it my way. I'm smarter than 2,000 years of collected wisdom. 
It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. But we're doing it. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to take your phone calls and then I'm going to uh, I'll take a couple phone calls. And then I'm going to switch to BYU. BYU's put out a statement. I don't know if you saw this, TJ, but they put out a statement today about their investigation into the racial incident. We'll get into that uh, in the final uh, minutes of the show. But one eight 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 seven two seven two three two five is a number to call. Uh, we'll take your phone calls when we come. Welcome back. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Uh, the phone number to call 1-888-727-2325. Uh, Mark in Ohio has been waiting patiently. Mark, uh, welcome to the Glenn Beck radio program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Listen, you really inspired me today. These are some things that mean a lot to me. Sorry. Um, um my credentials. Um, so I am the father of eleven children. I have four boys, seven girls. Hold on, hold um, on, we're in the hold military. on, Mark. Mark, I mean, eleven kids. I mean, you're not playing around out there. You, you, you got, <laughs> you got the, you got several Ivy League degrees. You got a master's degree, a PhD, everything. No, no, eleven I'm, I'm kids. You've been busy, man. I'm just, a, I'm just a guy, <laughs> and uh, you know. And, and for for my credentials, so, and I have fourteen grandchildren so far, and only half of them are married. And oh, by the way, all of them that had kids were married. Um, and you know, four four sons, three of them were in the military. Uh, two are looking to go into law enforcement now. Um, three of my uh, kids are credentialed pastors, and I am not. Um, but I, you know, here's the story. So you've been too busy you know, to be a pastor. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirty years ago, when we had our second kid, yeah. uh, we talked about it, and my wife quit work to be a full time mom, and we gave up fifty percent of her income. And I was only—I mean, this is thirty years ago. I was only making twenty five thousand a year. She was making two thirds of what I was. Like, yeah, we won't be ordering any pizzas, right? So, you know, we, and, and 30 years later, I mean, she, she homeschooled them all. They are all amazing kids. And, but there is a cost to that. I mean, you probably gave up a lot more bucks, but I mean, we struggled, you know, and then I did good. I did good in my career. I've been able to take care of them. We're, you know, upper middle class and, you know, I worked hard. This is the first time I've been able to call in because I'm always working. I don't have time to listen to the radio, but I'm going up to, see my mom because this is my first day off in almost a month and my mom lives uh hours north and it's like well my first day off what am i going to do i'm going to go see my mom because this stuff's important so that rapper you were talking about should absolutely get an award for worst father of the year he won't be a father to any of them he can't and he does it sounds like he doesn't care and yes it makes a difference and you are right about culture culture is the killer uh, I mean, I look at it here in Columbus, Ohio, all the shootings, you know, they're all inner city and these, this baby mama stuff doesn't get it. A kid needs a mom, needs a dad. My wife is an amazing mom. Mark, it sounds like you've produced an amazing family. Uh, you're going to be rewarded uh, for that. You've already been rewarded for it. Uh, and it sounds like you've produced good fruit that's you know, rewarded this society. And, you know, we thank you for your service. Uh, and, and 
I say that no pun intended. Mm-hmm. You up because I need I need exactly fearless. Well, I'm glad you found me, and I hope you found uh, the Fearless Podcast. It's wherever podcasts are on Apple. You can go subscribe on Apple as well. We're directing people today to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. That's W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K. You need to do that right now. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. Blake, Blake in Texas. Yeah, hey, Captain Jason Whitlock. Yeah, I'm coming to the captain. I got to complain about the coach. See, what we got is a 12th man, but we got the wrong 12th man. It's either God or the government. For three generations, we've seen the government step in and take over the responsibility of the male in raising the children, and it was a convenience for these people, but it, it also sidelined the man from being part of the family because he had to hide in order for the family to get the money, if it was even a family at that point. I mean, I, I got great admiration for Mark and his ability to juggle, but it doesn't even, you don't have to be that lucky in life. You just got to be dedicated to the right thing. And we need a new coach because our dedication on the 12th man, that fan that everybody wants ain't God, it's the government. And eventually the government's going to run out of good people because the 49% that are working really hard are going to be voted by the 51% to even work harder. And it, after a while, it stops. You just can't do that as a society anymore. You copy? Blake, thank you for the phone call. Good stuff. I like the analogy, TJ, because basically uh, I'll go at it a different way. We won't talk about running backs. It's like we had the right life coach, Jesus Christ. We had the Bill Belichick, greater than Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, Phil Jackson, Red Albrecht, uh, Tony Dungy, all of it rolled into one. We got the most amazing coach, great playbook, the Bible. And I'm looking at people rejected and then getting mad at the people that keep saying, hey, no, try my playbook, try my culture. And and we've convinced a certain segment of the population that if you if you're white and you try that culture, you're a racist. If you're black and you try that culture, you're a sellout. And and it's. It's the f- culture and the formula that works. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven throughout the history of time. And so if someone can point me to a great society or any working, properly functioning society that works without man, woman, and child as the foundation, that nuclear family structure, that I don't even know why we call it nuclear that God bless God designed family structure. That's what works. And we can't move away from that. If we continue to move away from it, and if we continue to demonize that structure, that game plan, we're going to continue to get the results and the consequences that we're seeing in Memphis and these other major cities. And we're seeing this whole country torn down because we're rejecting the Bill Belichick of playbooks. I it 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 baffles me. We only got thirty seconds here, TJ. I, I 
I ramble too much. But anyway, I want you to jump in here for now 29 seconds. The uh, <laughs> What you're talking about, man, woman, and child, it turns out it was not just a biological necessity and a time where it actually takes a man and a woman to make a child, and then it takes both of you to take care of them. Um, it turns out that there's far more to that. Even when you have the technology where a woman perhaps could make it by herself, she's not getting her meet, needs met. Men aren't getting their meet, needs met, and it's she all a disaster. Kids ain't getting their needs met. That's, That's right. the number one thing. If a woman wants to blow her life up, have at it. If a man wants to blow his life up, have at it. A kid, that's where I draw the line. All right, we're going to talk BYU next. The Glenn Beck Program. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. TJ, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, I certainly have. Uh, have you noticed the number of women calling the show today with me sitting in as host? From my understanding, is that when Glenn's the host, you know, women tend to stay away. But I think it's my good looks, uh, the weight that I've lost, that uh, the female callers have just just come out of the woodwork, and we're hearing from many of them. Uh, today about how much they've enjoyed the show, how much they've enjoyed looking at the show. It, they really don't even have to hear me. They just need to see me. Mm. And so the ratings for women has just gone through the woof roof. Uh, and so I normally wouldn't do this, but I'm going <coughs> to squeeze in one other phone call just because Sherilyn, I think, has been waiting for two to three hours to talk to me. I think she <laughs> called in actually before the show started, just hearing that I would be on. And so, uh, Sherilyn, uh, welcome to the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Hi, Jason. It's so great to talk to you. You've got a new fan. This is the first time I've watched a long sec- section of your show or you filling in for Glenn. I'm very, I, I am very excited to be able to share and back up what you said because it's a very important message. Well, Sherilyn, I appreciate you calling up and calling me and giving me those words of support. Uh, and I know that uh, Glenn appreciates you as well. Well, I'd like to just say what I very um, greatly support is the message of culture, not color. Um, because my experience um, with the, I believe, welfare mostly caused this culture was my, I'm white and my sister white got sucked into the welfare culture, which totally destroyed the lives of her children. Um, the only thing that saved me was my faith in God. I started following harder after God. I made my own mistakes. I got divorced, unfortunately, myself. But I got closer into God and followed him. And he pulled me and saved me from that awful culture. And it was not, and I can also not only verify it's not a black-white thing, there was Hispanic friends, and their lives were all destroyed. And their kids' lives had no future. The ones that I know, I can't speak for everybody. Obviously, there are some people that use it and get out. But the ones I saw, I mean, this one young girl, my heart breaks for her. She believes by just staying on welfare and taking care of her kids alone and getting sucked up into all that, that she's doing what she's supposed to do for her kids. She has no idea that there's a different lifestyle, that marriage 
and providing for your child yourself and not depending on the state, it, 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 that's the way it's supposed to be. And they don't understand why their lives are destroyed and their kids' lives go into such bad places. And I, I watched Uncle Tom, too, which was a great, um, greatly showed the Marxism and the, and the welfare state as being that cause of that cult, that godless, very, very godless. And it, it's not only a cause, it also puts up a barrier between the church reaching them because their God is now the state. And God, God-fearing people, we tried ministries that try to reach, but because the state provides everything they need, they have no interest because they have to give up something. God and, ve- and Sherilyn, thank you. God is very jealous, and he wants you to be dependent on him, not the government, not anything else. And so when the government tries to make you dependent on them, again, they're actually working against God and working against what's best for all of us. Thank you so much for the call. I want to uh, spend the rest of the show talking a little bit about this BYU situation that went on with the Duke volleyball player and the accusations that BYU students showered the Duke uh, women's volleyball team with uh, racial slurs and other taunts and harassment. BYU has issued a statement uh, this morning. I'm going to read parts or maybe all of this statement. We'll see. Uh, As part of our commitment to take any claims of racism seriously, BYU has completed its investigation into the allegation that racial heckling and slurs took place at the Duke versus BYU women's volleyball match on August 26th. We reviewed all available video, audio recordings, including security footage and raw footage from all camera angles taken by BYU TV of the match with broadcasting audio removed to ensure that the noise from the stands could be heard more clearly. We also reached out to more than 50 individuals who attended the event. Duke Athletic Department personnel and student-athletes, BYU Athletic Department personnel and student-athletes, event security and management and fans who were in the arena that evening, including many of the fans in the on-court student section. From our extensive review, we have not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling or uttered racial slurs at the event. As we stated earlier, we would not tolerate any conduct that would make a student athlete feel unsafe. That is the reason for our immediate response and our thorough investigation. As a result of our investigation, we have lifted the ban on the fan who was identified as having uttered racial slurs during the match. We have not found any evidence that the individual engaged in such activity. BYU sincerely apologizes to that fan for any hardship the ban has caused. Our fight is against racism, not against any individual or any institution. Each person impacted has strong feelings and experience, which we honor, and we encourage others to show similar civility and respect. We remain committed to rooting out racism wherever it is found. We hope we can all join together in that important fight. There's more to the statement. I'm going to stop there. Look, this thing was bogus from the start, and it just didn't make sense. And again, I don't I don't have a great deal of expertise with BYU. I do, speaking in transparency, 20 years ago, for several I dated a Mormon woman. And the Mormons that I experienced, racism was not their issue. Now, do I have some disagreements about John Smith and their religion? Yes, that's an issue, but 
That's not what we're here to discuss. Racism. Not their issue. Uh, I found out within the past year. A dude that I grew up with, one of my one of my brother's best friends and one of my best friends, I'm going to call his name, Todd Pruitt, black dude, married to a black wife. Just this past year, I've known this guy since I was in seventh or eighth grade. I, I can't remember. Maybe six, maybe longer than that. He's a Mormon. He and his wife. I had no idea. And hmm. they've been Mormon for like 25 years. Some of the best people I know, black. And I, when they told me they were Mormons, I was like, man, you're Mormon? Blah, blah. Asked them all a bunch of questions about their experience as Mormons. Racism is not the issue they're dealing with in the Mormon church. The whole idea that a group of college kids at Brigham Young University, a religious school, would be showering young girls with racial taunts just didn't make sense to me. They don't, they rarely cuss. At BYU, but they're at a sporting event that's nationally televised and they're shouting or not nationally, but just televised that's televised and they're shouting racial slurs at some young girls. I just didn't buy it. What Don Staley and other people and, and again, the whole thing, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith immediately jumped on this. Other people immediately jumped on this and sold this story off of a 19-year-old girl's word and her godmother, who's some kind of uh, Democratic politician in Texas that has a history of being anti-white racist and has a history of promoting racial hoaxes. It never made sense. I'm glad BYU uh, has finally found its footing and did a thorough investigation. I actually think BYU handled it properly. Mm. Go Fall on your sword immediately and then do the investigation. Take all the right step. Do what the left wants you to do and then let the facts come clean up this mess. And that's what they've done. And so I think BYU has some credibility to their report because of the, their initial handling of it. They took her at her word and then did an investigation and found out something different. I kind of like the way BYU handled it. I thought it was weak. Um, I don't think you assume somebody's guilty, suspend someone, expel them from any campus uh, sporting event, and then come back and say, you're guilty until proven innocent. We finally proved you're innocent. I didn't like that. I also think that um, while it does probably give some uh, credibility to their investigation, I I think their final response was weak. I think they should have gone hard at Don Staley. And I think they should have gone hard at. Oh, they're going hard at Don Staley. Well, I read the whole. Again, not by name, but just by putting out this report. I think they should do it by name. I think they need to single her out for singling them out and say, you're trying to defame our good name. And we take this stuff seriously. And this is who we are. And we're a Mormon institution. And you've gone out of your way to make sure that people think we're something we're not. We're not going to put up with that. And so the same lawsuit that she filed against Mizzou a few years ago for defamation, they should be filing that same lawsuit against her. Certainly should. You got to go on offense. I'm so tired of the defense. This is defense. I would like to see BYU go on full offense. And I, and we'll go on offense. Yeah, we'll go on offense. <laughs> the one thing where I think I'm fine with them pulling back is this girl's probably the the, the Duke young lady. She's probably 18, 19, or 19 whatever. Years old. You don't need to go hard at her no. if she's gonna fine. But everybody else involved needs to get the hammer. And, and so this is a lot of defense for me. Way too much. 
All right, uh, we'll take some more of your phone calls and wrap up the show. Next. All right, we got just a few minutes left with you, but uh, I have more time for those of you that want more of me. Jason Whitlock sitting in for Glenn Beck. Uh, Check out my Fearless podcast and Blaze TV show. Uh, The show airs on YouTube and on Blaze TV, but on YouTube you can find me at youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Show airs every night at 6 p.m. It premieres on Apple and other wherever podcasts are uh, played at 4 p.m. if you just want to hear the audio. But as you can tell by the response of today's show, the female audience really wants to see me. And 55, no baggage. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You're a unicorn. Yeah, I really am. (laughs) But it's just such an upgrade from Glenn. You Ah. know how much better I look than Glenn? (laughs) Even unshaven like I am right now. I think that's what the women are responding to. Uh, Jessica... In California, be quick, but don't hurry. Okay, yes. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm calling in because I completely agree with everything you're saying and how the decimation of families is being created with this new culture and new ways. I am a mother of four. I am a minority. And I wish more women would stand up to against this demonic society that we've created with just separating the families, removing the men from the households. If more women who believed in the nuclear family would stand up against what's going on, I believe we would not be the minority. We want success in our society, in our schools, and we're having it muddied by these waters of everything, you know, transgenderism, all this stuff. It's, it's literally removing God has... It's destroying our future. I've, I homeschool my children now because of all the chaos being created, and it just hurts my heart to see the path that society is going. And being in California, one of the most horrific liberal states there is, <laughs> next to New York. <laughs> Not next to New York. It's worse than New York, Heidi. <laughs> I mean, Jessica. Jessica, I got to let you go, though. I appreciate the call. I don't want to be sure, but I want to get – some others in Heidi in New Mexico. Be quick, but don't hurry. I challenge you to go do your homework on Mormons. I was raised a Mormon. My whole entire family is Mormon, and they are some of the most racist people I have ever met. I am in an interracial marriage, and my children are nothing but wetbacks to the Mormon community and my Mormon family. So go do your you know that they didn't let black men become priesthood members? Until 1978, until yeah. I'm aware, I'm aware of their mistakes. They're racist. Go do your homework. They're racist. Thank you, Heidi. Listen, Heidi, and, and now you've forced me to be even more transparent. <clears throat> My dad, racist, awesome human being. He was flawed. He grew up in a time... Uh, where he had some awful things happen to him that created some animosity uh, in him that he couldn't get rid of and uh, had some real strong objections to some of my dating choices. And uh, so I'm just not someone, people are flawed. 
and people's feelings on race are far more complicated than what we can present in a short conversation over the radio. And I'm not excusing whatever you've experienced from your family and behavior, but I've lived it in my own life. And I'm not, you'll never get me to write off my dad, ever, because I never saw him treat a person poorly. I never saw him treat uh, a woman that I dated that he disagreed with. Never saw him treat her poorly. These issues are more complicated than just, oh, people are racist and blah, blah, blah. But I appreciate your phone call. I appreciate you guys uh, lending me your ear today. I hope that I've done Glenn justice. Uh, I've been certainly enjoyed it. Hope to be back. Uh, check me out tonight on Fearless. Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Uh, we'll probably talk a little BYU. We'll talk some Steve Bannon. We'll be fearless. Glenn Beck Program.